Hello and welcome to a debrief. We said we'd never do one of these again, and yet here we are, locked out of the stadium again. Um, 500 people allowed in. Um, I don't know about yourself, Martin, but I didn't even bother entering the ballot. It just, it just wasn't for me. I hope some people who went today, I hope it scratched the itch for them. I hope they got what they wanted out of it. But yeah, it's just not, uh, not something that interested me at all. Uh, no, same here, Richard. Um... A few of the a few of the lads we we, we discussed it and um, you know there's no there's no fun in being a being in a crowd that size in a stadium that big um, obviously you know if you're um, with a caveat if you're at sort of lower league games and things like that then it's different when you know you you get smaller crowds but um, in a stadium that big um, the possibility of being one of the one of the five hundred um, didn't really appeal so no there was no there was no application made on my part either. Yeah, well done for putting that caveat in, despite the fact it being pretty obvious what we were meaning. Just like Tom yeah. English the other day, it was blindingly obvious what he meant. But, you know, fair play to all the admins of the um, minor league clubs across Scotland who, who weighed in and gave him a kicking <laughs> online. Uh, never miss an opportunity, uh, those lads. Right, um, so um, the situation we find ourselves in today, um, you know, we are where we are. Um a lot of people complaining the game and the football is being singled out. I'm not entirely sure that's the case. It's just the fact that football is one of the few events that really draws a crowd. I mean, there's a big club rugby game towards the end of the year, which would normally get about 15,000, 20,000 at Murrayfield, which is also having to go ahead in front of no more than 500. It's just the way we are socially in Scotland. I mean, you can't go to a gig or anything with more than about two, 300 people, I think, either. Um whether we should or shouldn't be doing it. I mean, it's great news, clearly, that um, this uh, new strain appears to be 50 to 70% um, less likely to end in hospitalizations, but you've got to balance that with the fact that it appears to be 500% more transmissible. So, you know, it feels like we're almost back to the start of this. I, I My fear is it won't just be a three-week window and a shutdown, but we're in the lap of the gods there, quite frankly. But yeah, I think the conspiracy theory stuff has been a little bit over the top. But about today, Dundee obviously were... I mean, they had a recognisable first eleven, but they were down to the bare bones in terms of their available squad. They weren't joking when they said they had 14 players, and including three goalkeepers. Um, why didn't they get a postponement? I mean, there's plenty of windows for these two teams to have played. Um, you know, later on in the season, neither of them in Europe, obviously, there are lots of available dates and that would obviously hopefully have allowed crowds to be there. It just seems counterproductive. Uh, uh, good for us, obviously. And I don't think I don't think Dundee were massively hampered in terms of their starting 11, but they didn't have many options. But surely you want the game to go ahead in the best conditions. And frankly, it was Dundee today, but it'll probably be us at some point down the line. Well, that's that's the worry going forward. I mean, you know, you look at that. You look. I looked at that Dundee starting eleven, right? And if an idiot like me recognises ten of the eleven names, um, the only one I didn't really had know have any, know anything about was the guy Panter. Um, but the rest of them, you know, were all all fairly familiar. Um, and it wasn't a million miles away from what was it? No, there's a few players missing. Obviously, they're missing things like Charlie Adams, whatever, and Jason Cummings as well. Putting my neutral hat on for a minute. What was the what was the point of putting that game on today, really? Um, you know, there was it was it ended up being you know okay there was some good goals in the game, but 
in terms of you know the governing body wanting to try and sell Scottish football, this is the kind of thing that you know I know we I know we like to joke and be like oh it's you know peak cinch baby and all this kind of stuff and you no know, we'll get lot you know they'll get lots of like you no know, oh the, you no know, I love Scottish football but you no know, this whole stuff about oh the patter around Scottish football it can be funny yes however when it's a team like Dundee you know who are sitting second bottom I think having to put out you know a team like that which yes ten recognisable you no know, names in their first eleven but then they've got two goalkeepers. And a forty-year-old man hasn't played in four years on their bench, like genuinely. And you know, what is the what is the point of you know putting football on like that? In, in what we're no, we're trying to sell this. They're trying to sell this league around the world, and it's 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 actually quite embarrassing. And yeah, you're right. It's worked out for us today. But you know, who's to say that you know when after the the winter break when we come back this happens again and we're 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 struggling. We're punished with it and we're forced to go 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 a whole, a, ahead with a game. Now, we've probably got a slightly bigger squad than Dundee. We can maybe cope with it slightly better. But I just think that there was absolutely, you know, that, that game really should have been postponed. Um, I just, I feel, I feel bad for Dundee because, you know, that's, it's just, a, it's just a nonsense. Yeah, I think the the SPFL have made the right decision and made the best decision they probably could have done with regards to bringing the winter break forward. Uh, that was a mature and sensible reaction in a difficult situation. Um, and the statement and stuff was very good. There's, if that was part one of the plan, great. I'm not convinced that part two of the plan was to get Dave Cormack to harangue the First Minister on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if, if like Ron Gordon was tasked to go into TikTok and maybe Alan Burroughs was in uh, the YouTube comments of the Scottish Government to try and get the point across as well. Um, but obviously his, his plea to allow fans uh, in today didn't, didn't work, unsurprising that. Um, but um, obviously a typically populist move from Dave there. Um, it just it just really felt with the situation going forward. And I suppose there has to be consistency. St Mirren tried to get the games um, that they've had over the past few days postponed. I, I, to a degree, I can understand that a bit more because with the other two teams that they were facing, both in Europe, the potential is that you severely reduce the number of available match days that they could play that game on as we move into the season. So I suppose the SBFL and not allowing Dundee to postpone this are, are basically just trying to be consistent. But yeah, we might have got a bit of a benefit out of it today. I, I just every club is going to find themselves with an outbreak the way this thing is going. I, I think it'll be unavoidable no matter how careful, how many steps you try and take. You know, Players will have kids in schools. Players will have partners who go out to work. Know, just whatever it is rampant out there today anyway that aside and trying to take away the fact that watching these matches over um <laughs> sat in front of a laptop sat in front of a tablet tablet sat in front of a phone is miserable at the best of times that was um another quite trying watch wasn't it oh geez it really was yeah um you know i think you know, given given the circumstances Dundee found themselves in, you know, I mean, I don't think they would have been coming up here to kind of be open and expansive and play, you know, the sort of ultra attacking football anyway. But they were going to they were going to have to try and be, you know, defensive. They were going to have to try and just kind of stay in the game as long as possible because they, I think, we realised they probably weren't going to make any subs. Um, 
so it was going to have to the rounds was going to have to try and spoil a little bit, um, and that that affected the game. Not not to say that it was all their fault. I mean, I don't think we were very good at all, bar you know the the a couple of couple of decent bits for the goals, and you know there was a few little bits of play here and there, but um, it was yeah it was really it was really trying. It was it was laboured at times. Um, you know. <sighs> I know it doesn't really matter because we came out of the game with three points and we, we know we won. But um, at at points that was sort of like the the worst the worst we've seen of Aberdeen. You no, know, back to the worst of Aberdeen we've seen this season. But we will, will we will excuse it. We all will because all that matters is getting the win. Um, but given the, the 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 level of the opposition and the the trouble that the opposition found themselves in. And despite the fact that we're waiting to go into the winter break anyway, um, it does still pose a little bit of a worry. Yeah, listen, I, I think it would be hypocritical because um, so far this season we've been critical of the team because they haven't been able to grind out wins in situations like this. Mm-hmm. And they were today. And we probably, we did deserve the win over the piece. We were the one going forward. We, we didn't clearly work their goalkeeper often enough. And that is a real cause for concern. You were never probably going to open them up with the sort of regularity that you'd want to see from an Aberdeen team simply because that they were set up with a very defensive game plan. And it just felt <laughs> when Lee Griffiths popped that in, and what a goal, by the way, you have to acknowledge that despite who he is um, and what sort of man he is. Um, you, you just worried a team with a cause to play for, with a bit of grievance at their heart, I thought getting the equaliser so quickly was absolutely key. Like it really was. I mean, I suppose um, we're going to have to give credit to the sports scene editors who are going to have to do some pretty good sound sweetening um, in the build-up to that goal as well because there was some some choice words, shall we say, uh, directed towards him just as he was lining up that free kick. So uh, good luck to the BBC BBC editors for that one. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a fantastic free kick and we know he can do that sort of thing. Um, there's no, there's no real, there's no real surprise. You need a, you need a stronger and a better wall, and perhaps you know, perhaps Joe Lewis could have been a little bit, um, a little bit better at winding up the wall. But it was, as you say, really important that we we score quickly, we come back, and what the the goal that we got, the the first goal was, was probably the best bit of football in the game. We've seen good stuff from Teddy Jenks, um, and some of the games he's played from him. For the past, sorry, um, and that was again just a really good one-two, um, and yeah, like I said, probably the best bit of football as well. Hedges, again, we want that kind of thing from him. Um, unfortunately, no, we probably think he's going to be away. Um, I think that on on the kind of balance of things like that, when you see the when you see things like that from him, that's the best of him, uh, which is why. I think we've probably spoken about, you know, would you take the money or would you try and keep him? I think he's one of the better players in terms of being an actual football player. The problem is that he does drift out of games, but you know, that's why he's at Aberdeen, I guess. Yeah, um, it's an odd one with Hedges, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing it often enough to really lose any sleep of the fact that he might be away in January, and yet, really, he's pretty much one of the only sparks we've got at the moment. It just feels as if Hedges or Watkins aren't on it. There's not a. You don't really see what our attacking structure is, other than hope that Hedges or Watkins can fa- uh, can fashion something. And frankly, Marley Watkins hasn't been off on it, and 
been very off it, in fact, since the St Mirren game a few weeks ago. Um, the Emmanuel Thomas Jenks switch is an interesting one for me because I think I, I definitely argue for Jenks to start in situations where, like for example, Easter Road on on Wednesday, when you want to get a bit more control of the football, when you're up against a, a team who you know are side by side with you in the league. I think Emmanuel Thomas offers you options to break down sides who are intent just on sitting in and almost not really the way you might expect. Like if you look back to the goals he has been sort of on the periphery and involved in um, from a few weeks ago when he came back into, into a team, it's his ability actually to to make going route one a bit easier that, that was actually quite effective in some of those games. You know, it was the ability just to, challenge for Joe Lewis clearance or whatever and allow the ball then to drop to hedges or, or something like that. Um, so, you know, with Jenkson there, you miss, you miss that and it, it just felt a bit samey uh, today when we're trying to break them down and it really didn't feel as if that second goal was going to come. No, it didn't. I mean, I, I mean, I wonder that the reason for H- H- Jenks being in there was, you know, he'd seen obviously the problems that Dundee had and thought we were going to, you know, to perhaps try to give them a bit of the run around and tire them out, um, rather than sort of I'm not saying lumping up balls to jet, but when you when you go a little bit more direct, that's the kind of thing that Dundee are good at. You know they can deal they can deal with that. So I, I, potentially, I think that was maybe the reason for for Jenks being in there. Um, but you're absolutely right to say it was it was samey. We were kind of well, we we didn't work their we didn't really work their keeper enough. We weren't. We've taken plenty of shots, but the, you know, the 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 hit of the target left a lot to be desired. Um, you know, Alan Russell does a lot of good works with work with the free kicks and the set pieces, um, the corners and all that kind of stuff. But um, our shots from you know semi semi distance or even just from outside the box, um, that's something that needs to be worked on because we're just you know, on another day we probably could have made that keeper work a lot harder and might have got lucky with a you know. A deflection or something there, but um, we we just we just weren't hitting the target nearly enough. No, there were some bad decisions being made. I just want to rewind a bit on on the Emmanuel Thomas front. I don't want people yeah. to think that I've, I'm pigeonholing him as a sort of big target man. I don't think he's that sort of player at all, and I think he would be capable and has been capable of doing stuff on the deck. But it, again, if you look back like, back at the goals he's been involved in, it's because he's been able to use his physicality to to win an aerial ball when it comes um, his direction. So many poor decisions. I've, I've dug out our sort of short map from today and there's some ludicrous, ludicrous decision making in terms of taking a, an almost impossible shot on. And it's not because, you know, the defender fancies himself for scoring. It's because they're running out of ideas, really. And uh, that's a real concern. Again, it comes down to not being able to see the pattern of play and the structures or it becomes then the Dundee being able to nullify those far too easily. Yeah, I did I saw I saw you posted I saw you posted the the shot map. Um and that's you know that was a well, that was a source of irritation to be totally honest because you know, I just like I said like I said there we need to be we need to be doing better. You know that needs to be whether it's you know just take a little bit more better composure or you know being able to read it a bit, read it a bit better and understand what you're doing because Dundee were you know they were just kind of defending deeply at a lot of, a lot of points they were kind of but it wasn't like they were making sort of last ditch blocks they were just 
they were just stopping us getting shots off. They were getting in their faces. Um, and you know, that, that's going to have to happen. So a team, my team like Aberdeen, here we go, I guess saying that like that again, we should be, we should be a little bit more intelligent and we should be able to, we should be able to, to deal with something like that. I, I, we did get the win in the end, Martin, and I think it would be churlish to suggest we didn't deserve to get that win. Of course, we should be testing Legstons more than we did. It comes down to a really good strike by Lewis Ferguson. Um, clearly, the defending before it gets the ball gets to Lewis Ferguson, you would question or worry about if you were Dundee. Um, from our point of view, obviously, you look at the scorers today, talk about Hedges being away, about the only other saleable asset and one that there's, there was definitely interest in in summer is Lewis Ferguson. And I think he's been one of our more consistent players over the last couple of months. It, it could be a very much changed Aberdeen team by the time the January transfer window ends and right now from the core players they've got understandably the players in demand are the few what the few ones that are really keeping our head above water at the moment um, there's going to have to be some good business done in January there is and I think there was going to have to be good business done anyway um because I think some of the guys so, that so where well I think some of the guys that have been brought in um, as to be sort of would you call fringe players I mean clearly he doesn't fancy Samuels um, given that once again McGinn came on Longstaff is obviously a way back so you're going to have to be looking for perhaps you know some fringe players as well but if Hedges goes um, which as I, like I said earlier on I wouldn't I wouldn't let him. Um, if he wants to sign a pre-contract somewhere brilliant, he can do that. But I mean, like I said, I know, I know, I wouldn't let him. Not letting him is isn't exactly the way it works nowadays. But I would do everything I could to just try and keep him to the end of the season. Um, Ferguson, yep, another one is that's. You would like to think that um, the manager and or the boat, the squad, the board, sorry, the club are well aware that these guys are going to be going to be off, and you no know, replacements have been identified. Um, if they haven't, then we're, then we could be in big trouble, um, because you know I think I think Lewis Ferguson's one of our one of our best players. Um, I think he's been you know as you, I agree with you there. I think he's been he's been really consistent the last few months. Um, to take him out of that team, I think we would I think we would really struggle, um, and I think that he's another one who I really wouldn't want to leave in January if he's going to go. Club club hopefully have been have looked at looked at somebody who can come in right away because to go from say let's say January to the end of the season without without Hedges and without Ferguson I think we would really really struggle because um, as you're right to mention that those are the guys who are have been the sort uh, the sparks not not I mean Hedges yep is patchy inconsistent I'll give you that but um, he's been he's still been one of the standouts. We are we're putting a probably fairly negative spin on this afternoon because it was a tough watch and the circumstances obviously added to that and um, we spoke about that all of last season as well. So clearly the the, the product on the pitch, regardless of <laughs> regardless of the other circumstances, wasn't good enough and that's why the previous manager uh, lost his job. Um, but it is it is four wins out of five. In the league, it's not before one's out of five full stop. It's not always been sparkling. It was really good against St. Mirren a few weeks ago. It's been uh, it's been enough to get the job done other weeks. Some weeks we've had the luck, like 
at McDermott Park. Clearly, we get a break there. Whereas at Easter Road during the week, we we don't get the luck. We get the opposite of that with the Porteous situation. Um, it, do you feel there's enough on this side to kick us on? Because for large parts of that today, it looked like a a game between two bottom six teams. It did, um, and I, I I think that I think the circumstances surrounding it can be put, can put be put a lot into that as well, though. Um, you know, it was just, it was just, it was a slog. Um, and you know, you're right to mention. Look, I'm, I'm obviously delighted we got the three points. I absolutely despise watching football at like this. Um, and we said last season, you know, credit to the expats who can sit and do that every week, um, because I generally don't know how. Even though there, when no, a lot, most of the time when the expats are watching these games, there's a crowd in. You know, being able finding the finding the will and the desire to sit and watch, you know, the dons on a laptop, on a tablet, whatever, every couple of weeks or every week is, you know, fair play to them. Um, I, I absolutely hate watching football at like this and that's part of the reason why I think I'm being I'm being ultra negative about today. Um because it was it was a it was a real a real um chore just to watch. Um and but but I am delighted we got but I am delighted we got the win. Yes, uh, and so are we all. And of course that is the winter break now. That's us uh into 2022 before the next set of games i couldn't even tell you who we who were out of the break into is it the cup tie first off um i think think it was the cup tie yeah i mean we should obviously give um we should obviously give the club club credit for winning the jimmy calderwood trophy and we are in the top six at the winter break (laughs) so big credit to that yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) beats being beats winning the golden turd for finishing top of the bottom six at least um so uh Regardless of who we've got first game after the break, let's all cross our fingers and hope that um, it is as was outlined at the start and just that three-week shutdown. Um, I have my doubts, clearly, but uh, but let's hope it's uh, we are back watching football in a more normal setting um, come the end of the winter break in January. So until then, um, my thanks to Martin for joining me tonight. Thank you very much, Richard. My thanks for Aberdeen for at least winning uh, this afternoon and not making it a total bust. And um, my thanks to you for listening. And until next time, come on, you Reds.